Welcome back to another edition of Ballin' Ain't a Hobby. I know we had a little hiatus coming into the All-Star break, just like the athletes. We had to take our little break, get, spend time with the fam, enjoy ourselves. You know, there's there's life outside of basketball, believe it or not. I know we love this shit, but we got to enjoy some new movies. Shout out Judas and the Black Messiah and some other other hot stuff. But we're back at it again. Season's starting up very, very soon. Second half. This is where the spiciness really, really gets some extra flavor. But first things first. Gonna keep harping on it because the power of Twitter is real. You know, they almost said that Jimmy Butler was an all-star even though he wasn't. And make sure you follow us on Aina Hobby, Twitter, Instagram, and link to our YouTube page. We just dropped an all-star game, all-star starters video that we need a little extra loving on. And in the meantime, let me introduce the other hosts of this podcast. Number one, Joseph Jean LaRusso. How you doing, my friend? Always good, man. Love talking basketball. How you doing, Abel? Man, chilling, chilling. Excited to get this one going. I feel like it's been ages since we've been back at it. And I know someone that's been on the edge of his seat, little fiend status over there. Brandon DeGroot, how you doing, my dude? Yo, 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 what's up? Chilling once again, man. Same question. Please reference the answer I gave Joseph over there. But how y'all doing? Let's let's get it going. I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking about what we think is going to come with the second half. Um, but first things first, we just finished a, a pretty eventful All-Star game, you know? It's like eventful and non-eventful, a little bit of a blowout, but some, some dope shit definitely happened between the three-point shootout, skills challenge, dunk contest, or the halftime show dunk contest, and the All-Star game, which with its new format, or newer format, and, you know, some, some newer mini-games within it, uh, you know, any feedback on that that you guys want to talk about that real quick? Uh, it was not the best All-Star game. I, I mean, I got to be honest, dude. I, I feel like we watch these every year. And if you if you only saw the dunk contest, that might have been the most disappoint, disappointing dunk contest of all time. Like, they tried. They got three guys in there. Three bodies showed up. They were alive. They tested them all. They weren't zombies. And it, was, it wasn't a competition. I mean, they, they got the dunks off. I just... I just didn't feel like there was enough creativity. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. What, what would you guys consider that dunk contest? Put some respect on my guy's name, bro. Cassius Stanley, dude. Yeah. You say he wasn't robbed, bro? Okay, he, he got robbed. He got robbed. He got robbed. Dunk of the day and, and gets a 44. Dude, jumped off the same foot that he went underneath with and then straight up threw that shit down with mad intensity and they gave him a bunch of eights. And I forgot, yeah, there was like another dunk where it was just like a regular-ass dunk, and they straight up gave it all 10s. I was like, dude, what is going on right now, man? Yeah, the dunk rating system is very inconsistent. It's not It's not tracking. That's why, they, honestly, it's going to be hard for them to get like some of the better players to participate in it. It might have peaked when they got Zach Levine pre, pre-All-Star form. Because I even saw John Moran put it on Twitter that he was like, yeah, that's why I'm not going to do the, the, the dunk contest because of the whack-ass scoring. And I was like, I can't even hate you on that, man. Imagine, like, just throwing it down, putting, like, a monster dunk down, and then they give you a bunch of eights. Like, I'd be, I'd be so salty, especially yeah. as a competitor. And I think most people thought Cassius Stanley was going to be the favorite. I know I was. I was pretty hyped. I was hyping him up just off of, like, seeing him in college 
and YouTube videos, just seeing him in like high, even high school, man. He was straight throwing it down in high school. Dude was like already, already with the hops out the gym. So yeah, I'll, I'll autocorrect and say Casher Stanley tried, but they took it away from him, took away all his confidence. I feel like performing a dunk like that and then getting mistreated like that, like he just he didn't have the same energy for the rest of the competition. And then I don't know, Everton Simon's like almost kissed the rim dunk was cool, but the fact that he didn't kiss the rim is just like. I mean, I don't know. These dudes are all amazing athletes, you know? Like, a good amount of them could do that similar dunk. So, it's hard to say that's the best dunk of the night, and that's why he should have See, I think that would, that's a homage to uh, to the ATL club scene. That's, like, the when the lights come on at the club, where you're, like, about to, you know, kiss the girl goodnight, <laughs> and then the lights come on, and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you got me rethinking this, man. I might be wrong. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was that was next level, man. That's, that's straight homage to the All-Star Game parties, man. Even with the pandemic he's throwing us back yeah no. throwing us back to before the pandemic when when we were actually out clubbing back when nowadays every- yeah no people could actually enjoy shit have drinks see some titties you know and we, we don't have that anymore so you're right to, to have to provide that energy on a night that we haven't had in at least a year like that's yeah shout out to him you're right he earned it yeah, auto corrected yeah, everything that- i love the dunk contest <laughs> Yeah, we're we're all in. That, that's that's gonna go down as like Gerald Green blowing the candle out. Yeah. That's it's gonna go down in history like that. Yeah, no, real talk. That was definitely more impressive. I, I I would say the dunk contest is just in a weird spot because, like you said, someone like John Morant isn't willing to do it. Like they could really use a marquee athlete or someone who is like close to being an all star to get in one of these things because they haven't had it. Like Aaron Gordon was in it for a while and then he got disrespected. You know, I don't know if you guys remember it was when Dwayne Wade was saying like for the tying vote and he gave it to Derek Jones and it just it all shook out like in a way that did not look good for the NBA dunk contest like we're already saying so yeah if they could fix the voting and get one person who's actually good and relevant and someone that's a star you know in this thing then it's a different conversation but right now they just don't got the juice it's starting to look like at least with this last one that the three-point shootout was is becoming the, the prize of the show it, it delivers every year i would agree every year man every year i feel like it comes down straight to the wire and it's just it they're, they're adding like extra shots like sure it makes it a little harder to compare to like previous years and in terms of how deadly everyone is but damn like it adds so much extra sauce on it with the you know mountain dew I, another thing hand in hand man mountain dew and, and hot chips you know that's a that's another staple of of NBA culture right there. Nothing like doing those two together. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, Steph Curry, is he ever going to lose again? I feel like that's the question that we got we to gotta ask if he's going to keep competing in these bad boys. Uh, so I would just like to say Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time, but he competed against the All-Stars, which you would think, like, yeah, he's competing against the All-Stars. But the best shooters in the league tend to not be All-Stars. He didn't compete against Joe Harris. Didn't compete against last year's champion, Buddy Heald. Who's to say he would have the same flair, you know, against uh, some of the best shooters in the league? He obviously is the best shooter, but let's, you know, I think he could lose. He, he, he's he been in the the contest seven times, and he's lost five. Yeah. So, like, no. I think, obviously, he's turned into Steph Curry, but... Brenner brings up a fair point. It, it was just really fun yeah. to see him amongst the best players and just really show, like, his superpower, obviously, is that this guy can make any shot, like... The Mondu shot specifically, able like I, everybody like adjusted their shot yeah, a little bit, dude. and when Steph Curry shoots it, it's like nothing else. You know, it's a freaking layup. Like I, I think butter. he made every one. I don't think he missed one. So it's just like they made that shot. I for think him he might have missed one. He missed one of. I think, the, I think one he might have missed one. So 
Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> he's the only guy where you're like, when he's shooting it, you're like, this is probably gonna go in. Everyone yeah, else, man. you're like, dude, if they make that, this would be this would be crazy. Yeah, this would be insane. they're gonna have I a mean, top think, score if they make that shot, you know, and you expect Steph to make that shot. Yeah, well, Dame might be the only if they're gonna keep that Mountain Dew like straight range shot. Like Dame's gotta hop in it. See, that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't like Dame should have been in this competition for Steph. For me to give Steph the real props, he should he he had to beat Dame. You know what I mean? They had their own three point contest in the All Star game. They were going back at it, but it's a shame that Dame wasn't in the actual contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, th- that might be like a thing with the pandemic that they couldn't invite people that weren't in the in the All Star game just oh, to, sure. just to limit. Sure. So it'll be interesting next year. Um, if you know, but I mean, I think that's the only reason he did it though on, at this point this year. Yeah, because like. Might as well, but <laughs> might as well <laughs> stun on everyone while while, uh, while the real the real fighters are out and about enjoying time <laughs> yeah, with their family or in Miami. I heard there was a big turnout of uh, NBA players in Miami. Shout Good out Brian you. Windhurst. Fuck. Yeah, I said that oh, like 150 people were partying in Miami in terms of players. Oh god! So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> that might be the, one Definitely of the fully following protocol. Yeah, they're all yeah, vaccinated. One of the first. Uh, won't make any assumptions. Yeah. 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 Real media doesn't want you to know that, but they all got two shots. Yeah. But they're not approved. <laughs> they're fine. That's the conspiracy theory, man. That like 70 percent of uh, NBA players are already vaxxed. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For sure, Kyrie's probably out the game though. He's he's not vaxxed. He's 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 letting it ride, baby. <laughs> Letting it ride. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you got your third eye protecting you, bro, you don't got to worry about nothing, man. Kyrie's got it. He's good. Yeah, got that aura, dude. Got that shield. But that was the All-Star game. I mean, we won't even talk about necessarily the All-Star game. It was kind of a blowout. Um, I mean, the best part, I think, in my opinion, is the fact that they're going up to tw- go, uh, doing the fourth quarter up to plus 24 and being able to play defense and at throwing the extra aspect of charity because then they actually have something to play or else you look like a straight asshole if you're not gonna play defense when it comes to giving money to your charity of choice so that's an extra aspect and i mean i think it's only going to get better when seasons come and hopefully when when players are actually healthy and uh, a possible mvp isn't out because of a dope ass fade so that that might be something to look forward to and i think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is that the all-star game is starting to look exciting again and Hopefully these uh these mini games start getting exciting too. But real talk, second half of the season is upon us. And like I said, that's when the real fun stuff happens. And I think we should just ask some questions about how do we see the second half coming out? One big thing that I want to talk about is do we see the Nets overtaking the Sixers and holding off the Bucks to get that number 1 seed? That uh, is that something that we think is like if it's a ninety percent possibility, a hundred percent possibility, eighty percent possibility, Brandon, I know you're a big time Nets lover, even pre Harden trade. What, what do you think about that? Hundred percent? Um, I mean, it comes down to how much Durant is going to play this second half. I'm, I would assume they're going to be as cautious as they need to be. They're not going to rush him back because they're just going to be worried about the playoffs. Obviously, we've seen Harden and Kyrie kind of hold it together without Kevin Durant until he can get back. So, I mean, I, I would assume that they're going to be a top three seed. I, I think the Sixers, Bucks, Nets, it's going to be some combination of those three, some order. I don't know. I, a Sixers are probably going to be the one that are going to really want it the most, and I think Bucks would too. I think the Nets are going to be playing for the long haul more, but if they get everybody back together, they're definitely the best team. We'll see if they get, get the first seed, though. Yeah, see, for me, though, I think this is one of the seasons where the one seed's even more coveted because of the playing tournament. 
the, whoever wins the playing tournament and gets that eight seed, that's going to be a hot team because they have beat contending teams and they're coming off W's. They got high confidence that the, the buckets are dropping. So I think the one seed really is as important as ever this year. So what do you think, Joe? You think that, you know, Brooklyn's going to fight for it or, or the Sixers, like Brandon said, they're the ones that are really going to go for it and end up with it. I think what's going to help the Nets from the start is these COVID protocols, which is a weird way to think about it. But Ben Simmons and Embiid are probably going to miss at least two games. And with the race being one game between the two teams, it, it will count. So I think the Nets have a good chance of securing it, like Brandon said, they're going to be cautious with KD, but the fact that they've held him out for this long to start out the year kind of foreshadows that he should play a little bit more down the stretch. And if Kevin Durant's playing with any combination of Kyrie or Harden, one of the two of them, or even neither of them, like this team can win any night. So I do think that the Nets have a high chance of securing that number one seed. Plus Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, not to say that they're like always injury prone, but they are due to have like one thing where one or the other misses five games. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, honestly, it's it's becoming more and more of a lock for me. The Nets have the third, e- or the third easiest schedule out of all teams. They, they're facing, the teams they're facing only have a 48% win percentage, 48.4. The, I mean, the Sixers are like right behind them. They're like sixth easiest. But I think to have the easiest schedule between all the contenders in the East it's it's pretty huge, especially when, like you said, we're not sure if they're even going to be at full strength. And Harden by himself, essentially, because of the injuries to KD and you know the whole Kyrie fiasco when he first got there, the fact that he's been holding them off and have a possibility of having a full strength team with the easiest schedule, I, I think that makes it pretty much a lock. I mean, for example, the the Bucks have the twenty or the eighteenth easiest schedule so they're not by any means a lock to to win the majority of their games or anything like that and then another thing i mean obviously we all know the news that blake griffin has signed with the nets and i'm not even going to say it's going to be a big pendulum swing but just to add that extra like mid-range face-up shooter and i mean i i I saw somewhere on twitter that he's shooting almost 44 percent on wide open three-point shots actually joe i think you put me onto that tweet and in comparison, like Jokic and Vucevic on wide open shots, only shooting like 43%. Sure, do I expect that to... My question would be is how many is he shooting? That's what I was going to say. Are they, down, are they down 20 points when he's shooting these very like no pressure situation shots? I mean, I, I think he probably would be better than Jeff Green's a shooter, but like... I don't know if he's going to be that much better defensively than Jeff Green. Like, would you really? No, like, no. Are you going to put Blake Griffin as a backup five over Jeff Green? And it's not no. like Jeff Green's a great backup five at all. But like, I don't know if Blake's really that much of an upgrade. Maybe offensively, he's an he's offensive like efficiency upgrade. Like he literally is just like off the bench, better passer, better shooter. But defensively, I, I think they need a defensive big. So I mean, I don't know if they're done. But obviously, just it's just another body. It doesn't hurt their team. But I don't know if it's like going to swing it. But yeah, I don't think it hurts. It's more of like staggering their big three off the bench. Like, cause like, I mean, the thing with big threes is you don't really play them all the time together. It's like playing like one or two in the end of the first quarter or end of the third quarter when most teams are playing their bench and then just having the person that can get their bucket. And so that way your offense isn't too stagnant. And to have Blake Griffin added to that um, kind of bench team, bench rotation, is just going to make the offense not get as stagnant and 
also give a little bit more rest to Jeff Green so he could play in the defense, Bruce Brown so he could play in the defense like late fourth quarter or end of second quarter, and KD so he doesn't have to play as many minutes down the stretch so he could actually have fresh legs going into the postseason, especially with the knee sprain. So that's it's not. I'm not saying like he's like gonna push them over the edge or anything like that, or he's a big pendulum swing, but he definitely adds that extra element that is just gonna help them down the stretch. Yeah, and. I mean, you said about Jeff Green. I mean, that's another thing that I, why I see them pretty much a lock to get the one seed. Both Bruce Brown and Jeff Green have the highest defensive ratings of their careers. Not saying too much for Bruce Brown because he's still pretty young. But Jeff Green, I mean, he's a 10-year he's vet. He's, he's been around the league for a minute. And for him to have a career high in defensive rating, I mean, that's saying a lot. Especially when he's getting, he's pretty much has to become their best defender in terms of like their perimeter defender. I mean, they're both like at a hundred and over a hundred and fifteen defensive ring. But that's why I just think that's something that might not be sustainable or reliable come playoff time. I think Bruce Brown has become someone that you could rely yeah. on him in playoff time. Jeff Green is like, I mean, Jeff Green was probably like the third best player for the Rockets, like all playoffs last year. So if he could do it again and keep up with what he's doing this season, like you're saying. I just, I don't know. I th- I still think they're one big away. I, everyone's saying Drummond, but that's obviously, you know, hopeful thinking. But I don't know. I think they might still need one more big. But they uh, they might just have the offense. Like with Blake Griffin, they, that might just put them over the top where they just don't really need to stop anyone at that point. Yeah, to bring it back to Blake, like it's a big play on offense and cohesion because Kyrie and Blake Griffin are actually reportedly very close, and that was why – KD or that was why Blake Griffin wanted to go to Brooklyn of any other team so like you had an offensive genius in terms of Blake because he can pass the ball better than most bigs like before Jokic he was probably the best big man passer like LeBron is always in the spot obviously but outside of Jokic like Blake Griffin could pass dudes open so if you add that to this offense and Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni crafting that offense like we're, we're looking at a recipe for one of the best scoring teams if it wasn't already like it's gonna be now like they just have a fulcrum in Blake Griffin that even though he's not gonna do anything defensively I'm not acting like he's locking anybody up but if you want to score like they're gonna be able to score with any team in the league so I think it will matter I think it, it was a good play by them like it's they're, they're just amazing offensively that's that's the takeaway for me yeah and it really comes down to just them being able to like have a niche you know like Blake Griffin is clearly gonna be their offensive four and Jeff Green, like, he's going to get offense when he absolutely needs to. Like, if he's, like, wide open for a three, wide open for a backdoor layup. So he can focus his energy on defense. And that's why I think it's a little more sustainable for him to be, to have this high defensive rating and this career-high defensive rating compared to before the, the Blake Griffin trade. Because now he doesn't have to focus as much on getting his own shot, you know, which some he didn't wouldn't he wouldn't do it too much, but every once in a while, you know, he would have to do off the dribble or do a pick and roll or something like that, which does take energy that you'd much rather have him expend on a defensive end. He's not he's not a young buck like Bruce Brown, you know, he's he's still gotta get it going. And then I mean Dark Horse MVP, obviously James yeah, Harden is to, gonna might I was, be a I was gonna yeah, as I was gonna say, I was gonna piggyback off of this and say a question is for the second half, if James can James Harden win the MVP if the Nets do get the one seed. Yeah, that was my question too. We all had point. that as a question. Yeah, that's what I had literally yeah. I think we I went into it where I was like, Yeah, Dark Horse yeah. MVP, is it am I, is it James yeah, Harden? Maybe he's not a dark horse at this point. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Well, He's not getting love, <laughs> yeah. though. He's not getting love. I saw, like, NBA.com. He was, like, number, like, seven or something like that. Or, like, I forgot what really other good odds. If you're, if you're a betting man, he's got, probably yeah. got the best odds out of the chances that could legitimately win it. I mean, 
Like, I mean, like you're saying, if they do get the one seed or pretty close to it, like, he definitely has a chance. At especially, if be top five. especially if KD continues to be out. Especially if KD continues to be out. Like, sure. if they, he's pretty much putting the team on his back to a one seed and the number one offensive rating, arguably of all time. We'll see if it continues to be of all time. Like, that's fucking huge. And, I mean, if he doesn't win an MVP, yeah. that's... That, if anything, that goes to show just how crazy Embiid is, is playing this year. Or, I mean, that's pretty much what it comes down to. It's got to be Embiid. It, Embiid's really got to earn just, it. Unless the Nuggets get, I think if the Nuggets get like the third seed or something and Jokic is just on a tear, I could see him pulling it out. But honestly, I think it is between James Harden and Embiid. And like you said, I don't think anyone is putting James Harden like second at this point, you know? Yeah, he's earned it. People aren't even putting him like top four, man, which is a little bit upsetting where you're like, dude, like. How are you not even putting them top four? Like, it's like, I feel like most of the rankings are like Embiid, Jokic, like interchangeable ones, twos, like LeBron, and then Steph. And then I think Harden, like five. Which. Or like even Lillard is getting yeah, over Yeah, and Lillard in some, yeah, in some polls I saw Lillard. I was Which like, is like, I, I get all those, but I think I just, like, we're saying Harden's definitely in that mix for sure. Yeah, the Nets are the two seed, about to be the one seed. Like, they just have a better team than Without Lillard. Durant. Yeah, without, without Durant, Durant. Really yeah. after a game. The, I mean, dude, player. his numbers his numbers are 25 points, 7.8 rebounds, 11.1 assists, 40% from three, seven free throws a game, 6.7. And his usage is 26.9, which is 10% less than his MVP season. Like, probably he's like Rockets. career low since he's yeah. been with the Rockets. So like, he's super, like literally outside of when he was with OKC. The only other time his usage was this low was his first three years with OKC. Every other season. And it's so behind. crazy because he's still getting 11 assists a game. Yes. And he has the ball so, in his hands like all the time. This is this is an MVP if I ever saw one, and unless the Philly can win the one seed, I, I think yeah, Harden's gonna win it. Yeah. I mean, in the playoffs, Durant's gonna be their most important player, but I think just the regular season, like Harden's probably gonna be. Yeah, the most it's a regular player. season award. Like, are we talking? Yeah, do it's I a think? Season award. Do I think Jay, if they make it to the finals, do I think James Harden's gonna win the finals MVP? No, it's probably gonna be Durant. You know, that's who's gonna win the finals yeah. MVP. Do I think Harden's gonna win the regular season MVP? Like, that's way more likely, and I mean. He's just got to get more love straight up. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. There's no reason. Like, I like think you people said, just the, the Houston thing. I think the, the Houston hate. thing. It's the hate more the than fact that he cha- <laughs> The fact that he changed yeah. to like conferences midseason. Like, I don't, has a player ever won the MVP after being traded midseason? I'm sure maybe like back in the day it happened, but. Elias. Like, I think, Call like, up Elias, baby. There's a lot of baggage. I think there's a lot of baggage with Harden right now. But I think if you just look at his season, he's definitely having an MVP season. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that—that's—that's that's why, in my opinion, and also like they're back to like the Nets. They're having—they're leading the league in effective field goal percentage, so like they're clearly making baskets. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. If you're making the baskets, it's going to be hard to stop you, and, and yeah. on a consistent level. And more than anything, their role players are making the baskets. You know, like Joe Harris is ha- having a ridiculous like effect of like almost seventy percent on uh, effective field goal percentage for Joe Harris. He's ridiculous. like about to break the record of like. Best like three point shooting percentage of all time. Dude, shooting over fifty percent, over fifty percent on like volume. He's on shooting 6. like six point seven, uh, like six point seven three attempts, points attempts yeah. a game, and yeah. he's shooting over fifty percent. Like that is ridiculous. Yeah, that's man. insane. Yeah, like that's, un- I mean, I've clearly unprecedented if he's gonna win, if he's gonna beat the record. But it's just like s- something that people ten years ago never thought would have been possible to shoot over fifty percent from three. Like. That's yeah. That's mind blowing. Not with up. these numbers, yeah. Definitely not with yeah. these numbers. Yeah. 
But, I mean, that's really all I got with, with my first question. I mean, any, any other outcomes that you guys see might happen in the second half? So what do you guys think the chances are of the Celtics getting out of the second round and making it to the conference finals again? Do you guys think yeah, this, there's... This is, what, this is what a question I had. Uh, it, it, it's weird. There's, like, such a, I think, probably the highest, like, range variation almost from game to game i think of like teams that you think actually has a chance to win a title they probably it's really unlikely but like i mean they've been in like the conference finals the last like three years three like, of the three last five four, i think or, yeah three yeah, of the last so, four like, so, something close yeah, to like so, they've like, done it yeah they've done it so like i think you just have to give them the credit that they could do it again it's just they've just looked so bad at times but then they look really good at times so it's like and i think just tatum and brown like when they're on it they're too really good like ideal players you want in the 2021 modern nba just three and d could get their own shot could defend pretty much every position and kemba is starting to kind of get back to old kemba he's starting to have some decent games so i mean i think they definitely have Mm -hmm. a chance i think it just i mean there's two games over 500 halfway through the seasons which is not ideal so i don't know i think maybe they need they have a trade exception so i think it's going to come down to what they can get from that I think they need to make a move to really compete for the top teams in the league. Yeah. Yeah. What say you, Abel? Um, I mean, it's just going to be hard because, like, right now they're at the five seed. So it'd be them against – or actually, I'm sorry. They're at the four, the four seed. seed. They're, they're at the four seed. So they'd face the Knicks, and that's fine. But realistically, do I see the Knicks staying at the five seed? Not No. Like, I think they're probably going to face the Heat. That's that's a team that's – and that's going to be a tough matchup for them because then you got either Daniel Tice – Rematch. Yeah, it's it's the rematch, and we saw how uh, how it's it's going to be tough. It's a tough matchup, you know. Who's going to stop Bam? You got Daniel Tice. Sure, they added Tristan Thompson, but Tristan Thompson also got bodied by Zion Williamson for a game-winning shot not that long ago. So, and that's kind of like the whole reason Tristan Thompson's been around the league is because he's a big body. He's got that high anchorage that can just work it down low. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Um, so, and like, he's fast, too. He and he's to fast. be considered a perimeter-like possibility. You know, yeah. he, he did it against Steph Curry. He didn't, obviously, it was like once-in-a-lifetime final shit, but he did it, so he, he gets some credit for that. Yeah, but, I mean, is he fast enough to keep up with Bam on a consistent basis? Like, no. Not anymore. So, so that's why it really does come down to the matchups. Like, if they face any team besides the Heat and maybe the Rafters, I think they have a pretty good chance to... To, to win to like get to the second round and then face like a, a Bucks team and the Bucks might be a better matchup because Giannis and, and versus Tatum and then Middleton and Brown and then it, it comes down to is Peyton Pritchard gonna have, gonna be effective is Marcus Smart gonna be effective um, how are their role players gonna play I mean Kemba Walker also against Drew it, it it really it's it's just a better matchup if they face like those teams but if they if they if they don't get like a higher seed, if they don't end top four, I don't see them getting out of the second round. I feel like it honestly might come down to as simple as that. Because they're like middle of the pack in terms of everything. Like the only thing that they're really like top five in is their offensive rebound percentage. And you can't build a championship around that. And that's not even necessarily sustainable because who's getting the offensive rebounds? Tristan Thompson? Like, I mean. Yeah. All right. All right. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. This is, this is my roadmap. So. Step one, you use this trade exception. So you got to find an ideal partner and someone that is going to provide instant offense to this team because they get stuck. So at times. I got, I got, I got, I, do you have a trade? I got a trade. I would love to hear I your trade. It, I, I, w- I, I was just going to click league. with my, my throwback buddy healed and see what they can get for buddy. 
or one of like another offensive option like uh, John Collins, someone that they know could just come in right away and be an offensive addition. So those are my two. What would you say, Brandon? So I'd like those if those are our options. Uh, so the a word was that the Rockets are getting ready for a fire sale. So I don't know if this guy would be available in, in this fire sale, but if Christian Wood is oh, on the table. Man, no way, no way. Nah, that's like nah. literally the Rockets that's know, one, nah, that's the the Rockets. one guy, dude. That's the one yeah, guy the that they wouldn't trade. That's the one guy that they wouldn't trade. They got, they they got, they got no, but they he can't. says the highest value, though, I think. You give, like, all right, if the Rockets but shouldn't do I, it. I just but don't if, like, like it for the Celtics, though, because who are the Celtics giving up? They'd have to give up multiple first rounders. Marcus Smart, multiple first rounders. I think you give up Blankford. You give up Blankford. One of the Williams and like uh, like two first round picks maybe a first round pick and I mean Peyton I Pritchard know. maybe I mean I, I, it's You're a lot of young pieces and maybe some draft picks I don't I just think Rockets have they they got their draft picks they got what they needed to with the Harden thing I think they stick with Wood we like Wood bro come on we're not trading yeah. Christian Wood we're we do that's why up. I'm trying to put him on the Celtics that's I would love him to be like, on the Celtics I, but he's free not. free Christian Wood. Free Christian Wood, you know what he I mean? He just got there, bro. He, he was free. there under his own volition. Like, and he was free, dude. He, he was killing it, man. I mean, you know how much I, I love yeah. him, dude. I had him at the All-Star even with the injury, bro. Like Exactly. No, he's, we straight he's up love him. He's in a good him. spot, bro. I don't think he's like, in a bad spot. Let's give this guy yeah. some time, bro. I mean, he's they're firing everyone, dude. P.J. Tucker, Oladipo, like John yeah. Wall. Get rid of all those guys. I thought you were going with Oladipo. Yeah, I thought you were going with Oladipo, You could have sold me more on Oladipo. Because Christian Wood nah. is a pipe dream, dude. Christian Wood, they just got. They need a big man. Well, they probably do need a big man. Drummond, That's why I think John Collins is a little more realistic because he's not as valuable as Wood. I think Wood's really valuable. I you don't think you think so. I think Wood because no, Wood's, Wood's I think more Wood valuable. just because he's a little bit taller. He's a little bit taller. He gets the blocks. John Collins isn't blocking that many shots. Like Wood could realistically. I mean, be they're a pretty defender. close. No, I think. John, dude, uh, Christian Wood was actually think, getting a good amount of blocks. He, he was averaging like almost two blocks a game or like one and a half. And blocks don't mean everything, so I'm not saying that's like he's a, he's a good defender because of that, but it just shows that he shows up in some defensive categories that I just don't know that John Collins does. But that's what I'm saying is that's why he could actually play the five. Like John Collins, I don't know if he like he's he could help, he's gonna help you for sure. I just don't know if he's gonna like guard and beat or something. You know what I mean? Which I don't think would would, but he at least would yeah. put you like give you a better chance. I think like I don't think Collins could really guard and beat or bam. But he definitely will help you offensively, and he's de- better a better perimeter defender, I think, probably. Yes. All right. So, so after they make this theoretical trade, or they just obviously play the waiting game and get Marcus Smart back, they're definitely a better team. And we also have to remember that Jason Tatum missed like ten games with COVID, and he's still recovering from that. So this team is just going to get better. Like they've been rocky, but they're still the four seed. So like I just think they're going to get a little bit better. Then on top of that, bro. This is what we've been talking about for weeks now, man. Brad Stevens, shine the goddamn bad signal. Play Robert Williams. <laughs> this guy can do everything on the court, man. He can space the floor if you really need him to. Like, if he's open in the corner, he time will make lord, a three. Baby. He's the motherfucking time lord. He knows where to be at any given time on the court. He's he's in two spaces at once, man. He blocks shots that you would not think someone would be able to block. He can get to the three-point line, and he can defend the rim. So those are two things that this team needs, and then the floor spacing. And he's also a good passer, man. Like, I don't want to hype this dude up like he's the number one prospect. But he, but he like, just makes some mental mistakes every now and then. He's got a little JaVale McGee yes, in him. Yes, for sure. But there's too much upside with someone like this player that you don't just see what you can get out of him. And if they can get something out of him, bro, this is someone that can go toe-to-toe with the best centers in the league. He's a diamond in the rough that you you need to, like, 
actually let it shine because it's been in the fucking dunes the whole time or in the in the cave the whole time. Yes. So I with you yes. on that. Robert Williams is honestly the key. And funny enough, I think off mic we've definitely talked about this. How he literally, That's and and like you were saying, Brandon. I mean, sure, he might be Javale McGee light. But the only way he's going to get better is to let him make those mistakes in the regular season. You don't want him to make those mistakes in the postseason. You know, let, throw him into the fuck. And JaVale's won championships, bro. Yeah. Let's be real. JaVale still won championships. Well, like, he's not the best player, but he can. He can like, at like 10 minutes. And basically the role that Robert Williams has now, you're suggesting no, no, JaVale no. McGee of course, of get 32 course. minutes a game. I'm saying he's going to be better than JaVale, though. I get what you're saying. I 100% he agree. has the baby I'm tendencies. Saying, I'm saying JaVale. right now. I'm saying right now. Right. 100%. You're so right. Able, I think with so two you years, play him. You, let him, you let him go. Get his like yeah his mistakes out. Yes. He two years he could be a really he could be like like the guy they're saying they need, bro. The guy they're trying yeah. to trade for, Miles yeah, Turner. He could be like, a Miles Turner right there. Miles Turner esque. And they're player, not playing yeah. him. Well, it's like, got to be Daniel Tice. I don't they understand. They just got to like um I think in the last game before the regular season, like Daniel Tice barely played any minutes. It was like twenty minutes, and the announcers were like, and he's a good yeah, player. But- but he doesn't have the upside. Well, it's like the announcers were like, he's, he's, not, oh, he's not in foul trouble. Like guard. he was playing. Daniel Tess is playing good. And I was like, yeah, but you, are you not seeing Robert Williams just straight up, you know, play really well? I mean, I think he had like. Just own the paint. He was owning the, own paint the paint on he offense, on defense. On he was doing the high pick and roll where he, you know, he would do the screen, grab the ball, do the screen, and then do some nice passes and stuff. I think even on the Twitter. He's smart with the ball. On the Twitter He account, was a highly touted prospect. On the Twitter account, I threw one where he straight up like was at top, uh, top the three point line and threw a nice like pass that got a pretty much a nice bounce pass to Tatum in the corner for a wide open three, literally wide open, and that's just something that he's gonna do. Like th- like you said, the upside's there, and he's gonna be the guy that's gonna not allow teams to exploit that down low matchup that right now is pretty glaring like let's be real man it, it's glaring like Tristan Thompson Daniel Tice like Preston Williams they're not gonna do it for you like they're gonna straight body you down low if they see Time Lord down there they're gonna take their time and be like maybe I shouldn't go down there so I'm with you on that he's big he could bang with dudes yeah and he is the key but like I said it does come down to the matchups because it, even if if they do face like the big lows, it might be too early for him. You know, he's still got to be in that development, and yeah. it might be like one year too yeah, soon. Yeah, him against Giannis. Yeah, him against Giannis would be the ultimate test. Obviously, yeah. if he could win that matchup, then I'm like, all right, dude. I I was drinking the Kool Aid, but I was right. You know, yeah. like I'm not saying he's there, but like that's that's something that I'm like, all right. There's a five percent chance that this man could really step up if given the opportunity. And Brad Stevens just isn't giving it to him yeah. right now. So. Well, I'm going to push I back. I want to see that, Brad. I'm, Where are we at? I'm going to push back and say yeah. the big the big test would be for Bam. Because Bam's, Bam's turning into a like Hakeem-level footwork down low with that baby hook in the oh, paint. Yeah. And if he's able to stay in front of him, not bite, not bite on the fakes, be able to contest on, on, the, on the face-up shots that he has, and not even like stop him but limit Bam... I think that would be more like progression into it because sure you want you want yeah. well you want Giannis for him to stop in the Giannis in the perimeter and you want him to stop Bam in like the post slash face up game so it's like two different ways two different tests and they're both like huge tests that they they have to yeah. like put them out there for if they want to make it past yeah. the second round. Yeah, no, I would be happy with passing either. Those are amazing, like, players. So I, I, that's why I'm like, there's there's no guarantee that this is going to happen. I'm just saying there's a reality where they could maximize them. Yeah, that's the pipe dream, though. That's straight up the pipe dream. There's no other pipe dream, man. Like I said, it, it, you, you, it, any other player down low, you're going to get cooked. Pre, you know, Robert Williams yeah. is the key. 
Yeah, yeah Robert Williams is the key. Yeah. I mean, Brad Stevens, he's a smart dude. He might just be keeping that key in his back pocket until like the last quarter of the season and just let let that bad boy out. Which, all right, for sure, then do it because that's, that's what they need to do. And then the last part for me would just be just figure out a way to find the right role for Kemba Walker because I don't know if it's a starter anymore. Like, obviously, he's definitely had good games this year, but just the amount that he's struggling, it's like, I don't know if he could be a closer in games anymore. You know, like if he if he can't make his shots and there's been games when he's like five for like 20, like there's no reason to have him out there. So like Brad's got to be able to talk to him. Like we know you're making this much money, but if you're not doing it tonight, like we have to be able to find a fifth man. And that's also another problem in itself because they don't have a fifth man, but they, they got to figure out the Kemba problem to maximize this team. Yeah, I mean, there are specific times. It's so hit or miss because sometimes it, it's very clear that Kemba makes their team better. And then there's other times where you're like, man, Peyton Pritchard is like fitting perfectly into this and he's just making really smart plays, mm-hmm. like pretty much handling the pace until he absolutely has to or gets a wide open like floater or runner. So it's because they have Tatum and Brown. Yeah, because they have Tatum and Brown. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and for sure, you want probably Tatum at the end of the game getting the clutch shot. And if Kemba gets a wide open look, like you're not going to hate him on doing it. But it's right. like you'd much rather get let Tatum get his own shot because at this point, Tatum doing a, a face-up, iso, step-back, mid-range jumper is probably just as effective as Kemba getting a wide-open three. Or like not a wide-open three, but like a off the off the No, it's like three. a contested three. Like just yeah. the usual cardiac Kemba has not fully been there yet. And I still think he's working back from his injury. For we'll sure, how he for is. sure. Like he might get so, back yeah. in the fo- – because he's been better the last few yeah. weeks. So we'll see if he like – could get close to where he was and like he just doesn't need to be where he was like last year going into the season he was who we thought was gonna be the best player on this team and it by the end of the year it was tatum but come and on like this year it's did clearly you, like tatum did we and really brown. think that like, bro. it's, like he's did clearly you really think that i mean tatum was coming off of, of a really bad second year averaging like 13 points a game I, no, it wasn't a guarantee that he was gonna like I know but after Kemba just averaged 25 points it wasn't a guarantee that tatum was gonna take the leap and he ended up he ended up taking the leap and then this year Jalen take the leap so like that's why Kemba's clearly number three on this team so like he doesn't have to average 25 points a game anymore so like but if they could have without him as hayward, a solid though, third guy without hayward though i don't know man i'm gonna push back you're not wrong you're not wrong but so that's why you I either gotta you either gotta figure it out like you're saying he gets healthy they get back to where they need him to be or Stevens has to just look him in the eyes and be like Kemba you can't play defense bro like taking charges helps the team it definitely gets morale up and whatnot but if you're not scoring we can't have you out there and <laughs> that's obviously an impossible conversation for any coach telling somebody making max money but it it's something that's gonna come up and they need to figure it out at some point yeah. I mean, the fact that they have Smart is a good, like, it's a platoon. Yes. You have, like, you can yes. go play the matchup. And, like, if you need to stop another guard, you put Smart in. If you need to get some offense, you put Kemba in. And, like you're saying, it might be hard for Kemba to accept that role, but that's just the way it is. Like, one of them is going to get 35 minutes a game, the other one might get 25, but, like, it's just going to vary from game to game. And, like, yeah. Or situation to situation. Like, it might, like, in the yeah. playoffs, it's going to come down. Moment might, to moment. Yeah, yeah. Moment to moment. Possession to possession. And that's where Brad Stevens really has to showcase that he is one of the smartest coaches in the leagues because he has to use his timeouts. He has to, you know, do offense-defensive switches, you know, just really game plan heavy according to the the matchups, who's hot, who's not, who's, you know, creating turnovers, who's causing turnovers, who's committing turnovers, all that stuff. And just kind of a fun fact to showcase that, you know, the Robert Williams hype is real between us. He's shooting 72% from the field, just FYI. You're damn right. 
<laughs> yeah. So justified. Know, yeah. So you know, it's not like we're talking out of our ass. Sometimes we are, but this time we're not. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's not. He's not Shaq, but yeah. I, he could do some stuff out there, dude. He could totally do some stuff out there. Well, he's not Javale McGee either, man. Like Javale McGee. And he's not Javale. Seventy-two percent. You know. Everybody it, makes mistakes. He's still young. What? What's his age? While you're looking at him, he's moving? twenty-three. He's so, freaking 23, he's, dude. Sky's yeah. the limit with this guy. Yeah. So, so he, please, Brad Stevens, please. Yeah, please. If you're listening to this podcast, which I know you probably are, like, please yeah. give him a little more Number one time. fan. Yeah. yeah. While he's grinding tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 16 minutes a game. So that, that needs to be at least closer to 20. At least. Yes, man. Uh, yes. Yeah. But, Brandon... I, I brought up a, a you know a little thing that might happen in the second half, just kind of an outcome. Joe's brought one up. What about you, man? Something that you got kind of your eyes on that you want to see happen, or you're, you're you're thinking like what's gonna happen with this with this team with this player? What you got on your mind, my dude? So I got a, a question for you guys. Which team do you think has a better chance to make it to the finals, the Jazz or the Suns? Who has a better chance to take down the the Lakers or Clippers? Or do you think literally neither of them have a chance? Or what is the path for one of them to? Do you think one of them needs to make a trade? Or do you think the way they're currently assembled could take them down? Because, I mean, you have Jazz, who has Gobert, who could make it difficult for Davis. And then I think the Suns, Mikael Bridges, I think is a pretty good defender to put on LeBron, even Jay Crowder. And then I think just Chris, the Chris Paul factor that, it's just going to make everyone, almost like a Tom Brady situation, just makes everyone think they just could win and could be better than they are. So I don't know. I think both of them, obviously, the the biggest stories out of the first half with the one and two seed in the Western Conference, but not getting a lot of love. Obviously, a lot of people are still waiting to see on them. Do you think even any of them have a chance to make a run in the playoffs? I mean, you, you talked about a lot of players, especially on the Suns, man. You're not giving DeAndre Ayton enough love. Because I feel like he's honestly the X Factor. He's he's the one that's going to decide if the Suns can take out the Lakers because, you know, his play with Anthony Davis and just protecting the paint down low with, with you know, if LeBron drives in or if Kawhi and Paul George are taken to the hole, he, he's going to be the X Factor. And for me, that's why I'm, I'm slightly leaning towards the Suns just because, of the, you know, Devin Booker's shot making, Chris Paul's veteran um, veteran savviness and just decision making, and then Aiden, just the potential that he has in terms of his defense and offensive touch down low. And then, I mean, they got great, the great guys. Jay Crowder's been there before. He he's he's been in playoff games. He understands big moments. Cam Johnson is looking like one of the best young wing players, along with McCall Bridges. So. Those are just guys that I think in the playoffs they're really going to showcase that just how good of role players they are. So I'm slightly leaning towards them. Um but I think it's going to it's a tough ass to to be either the Clippers or the Lakers, man. Like I just I don't think either of them are going to do it, but I think the Suns just Devin Booker's shot making and Chris Paul's veteran leadership and like I said Aiton's just potential to be a defensive powerhouse being like essentially Orlando Magic Dwight Howard with a better offensive game and a way better supporting cast. Um, I mean, that's a deadly combination with obviously good role players too. So I got my money on them. 
I mean, but Joe, you got the Jazz? So I would say neither team can beat yeah. the Clippers or the Lakers. I, I mean, I really like what the Suns have put together. We we definitely have said it a few times now. I just think this roster is top to bottom. Like, you could fit anybody in with a five-man lineup, and it'll work. Like, they just have a good balance between offense and defense. But when it comes down to it, Anthony Davis is going to be able to beat DeAndre Aiden. Aiden is Aiden is really good for his he's age right now. inconsistent. Yeah, and he's he's just not yeah. ready to play defense against Anthony Davis, who is, I mean, is he the best offensive center in the league? I, outside of Embiid. Jokic. Embiid and Jokic. Yeah, him and Embiid, yeah. Embiid and Jokic, but, like, if you really just want, like, a bucket, like, last season's postseason showed you that Anthony Davis is not to be fucked with, man. This dude was on yeah. fire the entire postseason, so... He, he's, for me, too much for the Suns, and that's why I don't think either team could do it. For the Jazz, it's just Conley and uh, Mitchell are really great regular season players, and they've, they've developed a great offense, and even their defense is impressive. But Gobert's not stopping Davis, and I just think LeBron is going to be able to beat whoever they throw at him. You know, Joe Ingles is older, Bogdanovich is older, yeah, yeah. and they, still, they just never figured out the small forward position, which is – the problem whenever you play LeBron, you need to have someone that can guard him, and there's not many that exist. <laughs> well, not even LeBron, Kawhi too, man. Because we, I mean, obviously the and Clippers Kawhi. are another. It's another hurdle that they have to get over. And I mean, the big, yeah. I, I didn't really touch on the Jazz. The biggest thing for the Jazz too, man. Number one in three point attempt rate. Like that's just that's so difficult to like continue going into the playoffs. Because if your three points aren't hitting. That's how you get you you put yourself out of games so quickly. I mean, we we've seen it with the with the Rockets in pre- previous years, where three point yes. heavy teams and they look great in the regular season, and everyone's like, "Dude, this is the year where they're they're finally putting it together." Mike D'Antoni's scheme is finally working, and then it gets to the playoffs, and they're not really getting too becoming too competitive in terms of making it all the way to the finals. Yeah, so, the shots are tougher. Defenses is tighter. The three percentages drop. It's just it happens every year. Yeah. So it's yeah exactly. So that's just like a hard thing to sustain, and that's why also I think the Suns have a slightly better chance. But like you said, it's really it it's the consistency of Aiton. He's been inconsistent, especially for a number one pick in in a draft where you had Luka Doncic. You know, you had uh. It's that, not his fault though. Yeah, no, it's not it's not his fault. It's just like but it's yeah. something that you have to live with. You know, you have to right, you have right. to compared. you have to be compared to the people that were drafted behind you. You know, you have to be compared to Marvin Bagley Jr., you know? Like that's just something that's gonna come down to. <laughs> the goat. Marvin Bags, man. Yeah. You know, you have seen. He's ready. Yeah. Um But it's just a tough ass, man. I mean, LeBron's, you know, goat B for a reason. And and Anthony Davis is when he's healthy, like you said, argu- arguably the best scoring. And I mean, just overall big man. Besides in defense too, yeah, because yeah, his right. defense is you know underrated just because of how good he is in like his mid range game and you know getting wide open shots and all that stuff. But Brandon, I mean, you asked the question, man. So what do you think? It's it's tough because like I kind of agree with you guys. Like like I mean, the Jazz, I, like Gobert has a tough time staying on the court in the playoffs. Like, he just gets run off the court. So, like, on paper, you say he's, like, the ideal Anthony Davis stopper. But in reality, we'll see if that actually works out like that. I think the Suns just, uh, I mean, Aiton, I 100% agree. He's just inconsistent. He just, he's just not someone you can count on. But, like, Chris Paul is someone, injury-wise, it's hard to count on him. But the player, when he's on the court, is someone you definitely can count on him. He's going to raise everyone's ceiling and potential. Devin Booker's obviously 
becoming, you know, he's an all-star. He's becoming one of the guys in this league. And I think Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder are two of the, like, the ideal guys you could throw at LeBron unless you got a Kawhi or someone. Like, they're pretty good, like, defensive rotational pieces they could throw at him. So I, I like Crowder, you guys said, I don't think Crowder's almost like someone that he's seen too many times though. You know, yeah. like you got to think when LeBron yeah. sees Crowder, he's like, let's fucking go. Like, yeah. I, I feel this like this is like the fourth time, time where you're like, Jay Crowder's the LeBron stopper. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. every, every playoffs, it never works out, but like, that's why on paper, it, it always like, helps. Crowder it's, definitely tries just, his ass off. So I'm not yeah. saying he doesn't. That's why like, it's, work, it's more Mikhail Bridges. I think. Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail, yeah. Uh, Cam Johnson too. Just for a little change of pace. For a little change of pace. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's just like guys he hasn't seen before, man. You could just throw at him. That's why you're not going to stop LeBron. It's just about throwing guys at him. And that's why I I think you have a better chance with the Suns. And like you said, the Jazz with Joe Ingles or like Bojan. Those guys are or something, you know. Royce O'Neal could put up a fight, but I, I but still he's too short. Take, he's like Crowder. Yeah. Where like they get in his jersey, but he's still LeBron James. Like he's got four yeah. inches on him. Yeah, yeah, that's why. And I just think Chris Paul. Like I keep harping back on Chris Paul. Like having a guy like that, I think, like makes you believe. I don't know. Like Conley's close to that, but I don't know if people look to Conley Conley's the way close. the Suns are looking to. But like Chris Paul, you though, see, so. like they've Donovan both kind of done the same like, stuff. They haven't done anything, you know. Not to criticize yeah. them, like they're not yeah. winners. Like they're definitely winners, but they haven't made it to the finals yet. So I think they're pretty equal. Yeah. But if you look at the makeup of the team, you know, like the Jazz, like clearly Donovan Mitchell is like the guys people listen to. Like Mike Conley, great athlete, great person, great basketball player. But he kind of takes like he's just his whole career. He's kind of taking a back seat a little bit. Like even with the Grizzlies, it was Zebo's team. You know, like even right now, it's it's Donovan Mitchell's team. Whereas Chris Paul, like it's always his team. Even like that's why he didn't even fit necessarily too well with Harden because it was like, is it Chris Paul's team? Is it Harden's team? Like, you knew it was Harden's team, but like there was always that that little bit oh. of yeah, that little bit of push and pull just because of how strong of a character Chris Paul is. And like even right now, like Devin Booker is probably is is a better probably a better player than than uh, Chris Paul, and that's probably who's gonna take the last shot. But if you if you like ask the team like who's our leader, they're probably gonna say Chris Paul. Oh so, yeah. So that's even like, in his first year too, which is crazy. Like yeah. you're saying, like he just yeah. got there. Yeah, yeah. But like, and and even like Rudy, you guys. I mean, Brandon, you said that you would think Rudy Gobert is like the closest thing we're gonna get to an AD stopper. I mean, I think Aiton would probably be a better matchup. He's younger. I feel like he could keep up with him a little bit better on the perimeter. And yeah. it, as long as he's consistent, I mean, it really comes down to it's being a tough consistent, dude. man. It's, it's a, a tough, tough ask, ask, man. It's a but tough it, ask. But you're not going to stop him. It, you're not going to stop him. It's yeah, a- no, I know. I just think Rudy might have a little bit better chance. Just because, like, Rudy is going to, like, he'd rather die than get roasted, you know? So, like, Rudy's fouling out. He's getting six fouls. Like, I don't know that Aiden is going to even be able to, like, contain make him some a little business bit. decisions. Yeah, like, I think Aiden is just going to try his best. And Davis is going to be like, I know exactly where I need to go. I'm going to get my shots. Like, yeah. I think Rudy would try his ass off. Not that he wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know how to frame it other than I'm just going to give Rudy a slight nod. Well, Rudy, Rudy's been there, done that. He, he's yeah. he's faced off against the best of the best before, right? And has won some of the battles. Aiden hasn't, but yeah, this is the first year where he's in the position that he can do that. You know, this is the first competitive team he's been in since fucking Arizona in college, and even Arizona wasn't like the most like stupid competitive team ever. So, yeah, no, they bust every year. That's a I don't know shit about college basketball, uh, but every year everybody's like Arizona's got a good team this year, and then they get eliminated in like the second round. Like they don't ever go that far. Yeah, their their best their best team was like Derek Williams, or yeah, Derek. Yeah, I was about to say Derek Williams. He Aaron got hyped Gordon. up, and then 
was yeah. out of the league in like three years. Yeah, yeah. so like uh, we got freaking what's his face, Laurie Markinen. Like I, I don't totally trust Arizona prospects, so it's it's not a big sell for me. But he's definitely the best player to come out of Arizona in a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, it, I think realistically, the answer to your question, Brandon, is uh, no. <laughs> so like do you think they need a, there's a is there a trade out there for either team to put them over the hump or do you don't think they got it this year just not their year uh, why rush it i wouldn't rush it if i was the suns i'm just rocking with it if i'm the suns like they yeah. have a great team they don't need to make a trade just plant covid in the lakers locker room <laughs> i mean the lakers got vaccinated shout out big waz wasney lambert <laughs> yeah. he said this like at least like two weeks ago and i totally agree like they nobody on the lakers have had covid problems so the Lakers That's are fine, true. Bro. You can try That's true. The way true, LeBron man. LeBron had like his own personal chef in the bubble. There's no way he hasn't yeah. snuck a yeah. little vaccination in there. Adam Silver's yeah. gonna be like sending the barber. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. I guess we'll keep the little rotation going. One question a person, you know. I guess I'm next in the roto. Or next in the roto. All right. I'm, I want to do this last one just just to just to really uh, hopefully get these uh, Knicks fans involved in this podcast. I feel like we haven't talked to them enough of the Knicks. Um, what seed do you think the Knicks end the season as? All right. So right now they're fifth. Yeah. Sixth. Sixth is the Heat. Seventh is the Hornets. Eight are the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Nine is the Bulls. Ten is the Pacers. Mm-hmm. And then even after that, you got Hawks and Wizards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got Bulls, and Pacers, only... Hawks, and Wizards that all could make a run. Two and a half games. Two and a half game difference between between the between the 11th seed, which not, doesn't even make the play-in tournament, and the 5 seed, which is where the Knicks are right now. In the 5 seed. Yeah. So I mean, the Knicks have, like, the best defense right now, which is just insane when you look at their roster. So, I mean, on one side, you think, like, just Tibbs has such a big influence on the team, but at the same time, you think, like, I don't know if they could rely and sustain this for the rest of the season. I think we've all said that the Heat and Raptors are most likely going to be contenders and would we would assume pass up the Knicks, but I think they make the playoffs. I don't know if I could say what seed. I would probably guess the 7, 8 seed maybe, probably get in the playing tournament, but I think they're going to be in the top 8. I mean, I don't know. The Bulls legit have a chance to make a run the Bulls offense is like top 10 right now if they get any kind of defense going in the second half I think they can make a run if the Pacers get Karis Levert back which the word is that they are going going to soon I think they could definitely make a run and I mean the Hawks and Wizards are two teams that are making runs too so I don't know it'll be tough but I'll, my guess would be seven eight in the play-in tournament yeah I, I just want good things for this team I think we've all talked about it like we all love Tibbs I mean he like call him like Call him out for his faults, but he's still, like, one of the most likable coaches in the league because he lives for this shit. And then Julius Randle's had an awesome year. We love Derrick Rose. Like, I want this team to do good. So I'm rooting for them to just stay where they're at, get that six seed, see what they can do in the playoffs. Damn, man. You guys are going to make me take the hater role? I, I didn't want to do it, man. Damn. I mean, I kind of – I said I set myself up for the hater on this one with the one that asked the question. No, you're, you're just saying they're going to get Cade Cunningham and – compete next year right you're looking at the big picture i see you dude yeah that's what they should do add to rj barrett yeah see i think they're gonna be in the playing tournament like 9 10 seed and then they're gonna miss the playoffs i hate to do you Damn. like that knicks fans realistically it really comes down to bulls versus knicks the knicks have the fifth hardest schedule remaining schedule for the season and the bulls have the sixth hardest remaining schedule in the season so they're 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 both going to be facing some hard teams and it really comes down to who's going who's gonna to beat the good teams. And that's who's going to probably make the playoffs because they're probably going to see each other in that play-in tournament um, between the Bulls and the Knicks. 
And I think so far they've cut the the series, uh, the series games like one 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 to one. Yeah. yeah. So that's really what it comes down to. And like you were saying, they have the second, they're number two in defensive rating, which is great. But and you usually chalk it up to Tibbs is a defensive mastermind. He always has been, almost to a fault, because he's he's working these guys to down to the grave. You know, shout out D, D Rose's knees, still kicking though, still cooking. Um, uh, still kicking and cooking. Joakim Noah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, pretty much everyone's out the league that played with Tib. Jimmy Butler and, and D Rose <laughs> yeah. are somehow in it, man. That just that's just the grit and grind that, of those two guys. Yeah. But I mean, but the biggest thing is they're number one in opposing effective field goal percentage. So that means the teams they're facing are missing shots. They're just straight up missing shots, and they're like think twenty eighth in causing turnovers in the league. So their defense isn't even necessarily coming down to like they're causing turnovers or disruptive or anything like that. They're just their guys they're facing are straight up missing shots. And for me, that's something that's clearly not sustainable. You know, like, sure, can they be a plus defensive team and finish like top 10? Sure. Are they going to finish number two in the season? I don't think so. And if they don't, and if they don't keep this up, especially their roster, it's not like you would think their roster would be a, is a top five defense. You know, it, so that's why it just makes it a little exactly. Unlikely. And it's, it's maximizing uh, their centers with Mitch Rob and Nerlens because yeah. they're not bad rim protectors. And but then, Mitch Rob's out. Mitch Rob's out. Yeah, but when he was playing, like he definitely had a like hand in having them have this good of a defense. And then obviously R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle playing the most minutes, like they just must be really up in their defensive game. Like whatever schemes Tibbs has drilled with them, like they must know them because yeah. I, I look at it as like if they're forcing the lowest field goal percentage, like they must be contesting all these shots. Like you said, they're not causing turnovers, so they just must be ending possessions with hands in dudes' faces. So like, I it's not like it's gonna happen, especially if they're playing harder teams, like you said. The league, but the league is literally like p- shots go in in people's eye. Like that is the league. You're gonna hit That's shots true. in people's eye. Like for the fact, yeah. like contesting shots for me isn't enough. It's about causing turnovers. It's about get, um forcing bad shots. It is. Especially their no, three, it is. Their it three totally point is. percentage. Yeah. They're they, they're they're giving up like the opponent's three point percentage is thirty three percent, and three point percentage is a big part of like kind of luck. Like a bit like part of it is you're gonna you can close out on threes and stuff, but like a lot of it is gonna like Abel's saying like it it's like the team is just missing shots. So like I would agree, like, I, I don't think they're going to drop completely out of the top 10, but it, it'd be surprising if they kept up for me. Yeah, for me, it's like, crazy. it'd be yeah. surprising if they kept it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they're also last in the league in pace. So right now, like people are playing Knicks basketball. They're playing like at a, their pace. They're not making the shots and they're, you know, barely over 500. Like, guess what? That's not going to be the case for the for the rest of the year. You know, people are going to start making shots. Teams are going to, like, start playing at a, a pace that they're comfortable with. To, to have such a drastic pace, like, I don't think that's necessarily sustainable. And they're also not shooting threes, which looks good, I feel like, because it's, like, you know, old school versus new Different. school. But, yeah. yeah, it's old school versus new school. It's different. It's transcending. <laughs> Funny enough, not shooting threes is transcending our, the league right now. Because um, teams Knicks. are ready for it, you know? You're used to defending yeah. the three-point line, and then you play this old school team. You're like, oh, shit, we got to switch up our schemes for yeah. one night. It's almost a market inefficiency, yeah. It like. is. It is. Yeah. So, But, I mean, that's just something that, like, is it sustainable to, like, for teams to 
be able to game plan. Like the they're not going to shoot. They're not going to shoot threes. They're not going to shoot threes. Chill off the the three point line. Like let Alec Alec Burks shoot some threes. You know, is he gonna is he gonna make them at a forty percent clip? Probably not. You know, so like that's something that that teams are going to start game planning for. It really does come down to R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, D. Rose. Are those guys going to like take control of the pace? Because if they, I feel like if they continue the, their pace, they have a chance to like win in the play-in tournament. I think realistically, there's no way they like make the playoffs without going through the play-in tournament. Like that's kind of the level no, that they're yeah, at. For sure. It's like them, the Bulls, and especially with the, with the Pacers getting Karis LeVert back. Like the Pacers are going to be in the play-in tournament, and that's just a tough matchup for the Knicks. I mean, all the teams are tough matchups for the Knicks, man. It's just, it's a tough, it's a tough sell. For, for They're happy to, to be like, there. So I think you're right. I think you, you're correct. Yeah. So I hate to break it to you Knicks fans and I hate to end the podcast in that way. But, you know, if I had to put some money on it, I would, uh, I would bank on you guys, you know, having your, your, Mid-season celebration. Have a pick. Yeah, having a having having a, a, a lottery pick. Hey, glass half full. Yeah, having a lottery pick, man. So, hey, cheers to the lottery Look pick. Forward to next year. Yeah, to the future. You know, you never know, man. It could be Patrick Ewing all over again, and you guys could end up with Kate Cunningham. If you guys get Kate Cunningham, man, then you guys might be competing for a, a top five seeds where you guys currently are. So, cheers to that. Cheers to that. Salute to that. <laughs> And I think with that one, like I said, we're going we're gonna to call it a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. I, like I said, I know it was a little bit of a hiatus, but we're going to be back on it. Make sure to check us out on YouTube. We got some dope content that's going to be coming on the way. And, I mean, check out the videos that we already have. I'm pretty sure you're gonna, you guys are going to be pretty happy with it because shout out Brandon, the producer. It's, it's pretty high level. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Getting better, everyone. Yes, sir. Hasta la vista, guys. Ciao. Bye.